0: In this introductory talk we would like to shed (coughs) a little light on meditation. (laughs) It seems with all too uh, much frequency in our living situation, that there's too little opportunity for the maximum uh, expression of the deeper elements of our person, of our being. And we notice, probably without exception in the daily life situation, a continuity of activity and involvement, whether in work or unemployed, which seems to become an all-consuming interest. And sometimes this expresses itself through the pressure and tensions which are placed upon us, which we direct on ourselves, Sometimes this is uh, expressed through being obliged to work with different aspects of our life, such as work, such as relationship, such as money, such as a living situation, such as family life or whatever. And we find that days, weeks, months, and possibly years go by and when we cast our mind's eye back, that seems to be the sum total of our life. It seems to be that life isn't permitting us to find opportunity for something else, not something else in some way or other which is divorced from those things I just mentioned to you, but for something else, something other which, in an essential way, has to be brought into our life more frequently. What we call that something other may vary from person to person. One comes from a religious disposition. One may say the sense of God one makes a speak of bringing greater wisdom into one's life the finding of intelligence, the expression of love and compassion the manifestation of one's spiritual nature all in a way an expression of the same thing which you and I have to find ways of bringing into our life if our life is going to be genuinely full in the real meaning of the word. The cost for us of getting out of touch with ourselves and with the some of the more deeper or transcendent elements of life expresses itself in different ways, one of them is fairly obvious pain and confusion, the feeling of lack of harmony and joy. Ano- another is the feeling of purposelessness, not quite sure what one is going. Another is sometimes the feeling and experience in life of not of feeling that some things or some areas of our life are not truly fulfilled, are not fulfilling enough. And if we experience that on a day-to-day basis, through our thought mostly, through kind of feelings which come up in in ourselves, it is generally an indication to us that we are not having sufficient access inside of ourselves to other things in within which we want to bring out. So if one is feeling difficulties in terms of aim, purpose and direction or tension or pressure or confusion, those kind of things which we all experience at times is some kind of sign to us that some other factors are not having the opportunity for expression. And if one has a a real feeling, as you have by being here, one has a real feeling for these other elements of one's life and they don't get this opportunity for expression, one of the results of that is generally an increase in frustration with life with others, with oneself, with society in general, and so forth. So you, as human beings, as people, and I, as person, we have to look and see, you know, I feel, and find actual ways and means to make other beautiful elements of life take actual expression, because that, it seems to me, is what gives validity to life, finding what is beautiful in life and making it express in our ordinary, everyday situations, whether we live in the middle of Boston or New York or in a rural situation or whatever. And this weekend retreat, if it does nothing else except one thing, it's done its job for us, it's a reminder. That there are other things in life besides work, besides relationships, besides continual involvement, and to let ourselves be reminded of that. I should say before um, going a little bit into the meditation a little bit further that in a a weekend retreat situation one can get a bit of a disjointed picture of meditation practice. Uh, And I thought that uh, I would mention this to you right at the beginning. What I mean by that is that in a group situation like this, I don't know how many people, eighty hundred people or whatever. Um, that one comes for uh, a weekend and this particularly applies to those of you who um, haven't been exposed to such a peculiar kind of situation like this before, is that one comes and and in spending a week a weekend here, sometimes the weekend can seem to consist primarily of difficulties in posture and um, unsettled mind and not quite sure what meditation is and what one is doing and that this can become the kind of residue of impression left at the end of the weekend and so that by the, uh, what, Sun- late Sunday afternoon when it's time to go home one may feel well if that's what meditation is well I think I'll stick to tennis or whatever it might be so in, 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 other, in other words hopefully the medita- meditation weekend serves as some kind of reminder to one hopefully it may possibly um, encourage one to continue in meditation, practice at, at home or, um, or here or, or at other facilities. And finally, hopefully the weekend doesn't discourage you. And if it doesn't discourage you then we'll be pleased. So it's a very short period of time and in a, in a short period of time takes adjustment. And I just wanted to mention that to you from the beginning. <laughs> if you were to um, ask me um, what I consider the place of meditation is, as far as our life is concerned, I would say that a balanced life and a balanced lifestyle is one which fairly equally gives attention to both the outer realities of one's life, what's the daily fact of one's existence, how is that expressing itself externally to (coughs) other people, to actual living situations and a balanced life is one which gives real attention, real care and inner alertness to one's own internal life. And thus the place of meditation, if it's to have a place, is one which directs us in a very specific and obvious way to the inner life so a balanced life is an awareness of outer and inner and meditation having as its primary direction obviously the inner and what's actually happening inwardly and if we get in touch with what that means it's going to have some effect outwardly so the, so that the so any sustained meditation practice is hopefully going to be of benefit to you, but one is also going to be aware that if oneself is working with oneself, learning to be an integrated human being, that that's going to express itself outwardly. And if you have a feeling for that, one isn't going to be carrying into a situation like this some of the conditioning which comes Oh, going to do meditation, going to spend a weekend up at that place in Barry. that's rather a selfish thing to go and do. And some people tend to have that view that if you come here to look at yourself and be in touch with yourself, that's a very selfish thing to do. But nobody considers it s- selfish to go and spend a couple of weeks at Cape Cod or wherever people go these days. So our working inside of oneself and being in touch with oneself is of benefit to oneself and in that it must express itself socially. It has to, it can't help but express itself socially in some way or other. And if you and I have an appreciation for that, it might even strengthen our motivation to practice to meditate putting it succinctly, you're not just meditating for you but for this earth and the creatures and your friends and your lovers and your family and your relationships and your involvement and your interests it's all about that as well And so therefore, our practice is a contribution towards harmony in a more total sense than just you and just me. And if it isn't in that way, then for me personally, I wouldn't consider it worthwhile teaching. I wouldn't consider it worthwhile um, speaking a lot about meditation if I thought, well, it's just for a a handful of people who walk off the street. I like to feel, and hopefully you like to feel in your practice and uh, meditations, that uh, we can all contribute to the welfare of people who no interest to, to actually give up their personal time to walk off the street, so to speak, or to come from quite distant places to spend a couple of days here. Only people who are pretty well-motivated walk through the front door. And that gives us, all of us, that extra care, responsibility for those people who don't walk through the front door. So meditation is primarily an inner work which in giving attention to ourselves enables us to be more, a more conscious human being and that ex- finding expression outwardly. In, therefore, in giving in, in care and consideration to what integration and harmony means, we're considering a total integration and harmony in life. Then to that comes the whole background to meditation and I would just like to speak for, if I may, for a few minutes about that and just, as you see, just taking a few aspects of the meditative process and in giving some, making some reference to the background of that, of meditation and particularly vipassana, insight meditation, basically, of course, each one of you just through a little reading or a few questions and uh, so forth can quite easily find out the historical background to it and for some people that necessarily so plays quite a considerable part in their life the feeling of belonging to uh, to a, a long and influential uh, tradition in this world dating back thousands of uh, years and and basically the situation with ourselves and uh, several others of the teachers who uh, are here that we spent periods, varying periods of time in the East engaged in the practice and application of meditation, this having its influence in our life and uh, we like to feel some uh, benefit from it and from that our uh, coming back to the West and that finding its expression in our situation such as here. And in maintaining that whole spirit of a fairly long history, each one of us, you and I, for the period of time that we are here, are p- a part of that what has been referred to, occasionally, as the original group therapy, <laughs> running back now a few thousand years. So the same spirit of men and women, motivated, interested, sincere, and inquiring, who sat mostly cross-legged, sometimes because there weren't the chairs around, or whatever reason that one likes to sit cross-legged, that that spirit of sitting and walking and being in silence has been maintained through slightly variations of form and style and emphasis but in reasonably sustained ways throughout the traditions for some thousands of years. And you and I within the context of being here are belonging to that. One doesn't, I feel, have to give any particular name to it in in any way but that spirit of that original group therapy is being maintained by this present generation of people. And the reason that it's maintained itself is because it works, it works, the silence observation, the sitting and the walking and, and the mindfulness and the, and the giving of one's heart attention to the here and now situation has kept going fairly faithfully to a particular kind of style and, and form because it's effective. but you and I have to keep seeing that in our life and have to keep, I would say, renewing that contact, that contact with ourselves. So all the the, 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 the the external factors here is such that meditation means very, very simple, direct, moment-to-moment, inner, Observation. Having that as such a a primary emphasis that other factors with regard to that become rather secondary. So, meditation is moment to moment observation. That moment to moment observation within. A very specialised setting, as we have here, is in order that our mind not only has the opportunity to breathe, so to speak, but we have the opportunity to get more directly in touch with ourselves. In a normal, everyday, daily life situation, there is often not that Fullness of opportunity. In other words, there may be a degree of moment-to-moment observation and one is in touch with oneself, but quite often by the necessity of circumstances, we have to keep breaking it. To do this, to sort this out, to work this out, to write this letter, to answer this, this phone, to make this meal, to go here, to go there. All obvious realities of life and so there's a difficulty for us in maintaining it that observation in a sustained way. And so the retreat facility in this in a period of time is such that it is saying to you Look, you can sustain it. Don't worry about the cooking. Is probably be a a lot better than you ever get at home. (laughs) There's not a great deal of work activity to be worried about and in in involved in. And if you'd start doing a lot of work here, please don't it because it's too distracting. No need to have an endless intense conversation with the person that you that you travelled here with on the bus or the or the train because. other things to be done here like just be with oneself and be aware of it. So the situation is a particular social setting which you and I uh, are creating together in order to maximise the opportunity to be aware, to be conscious from one moment to the next. So all the bizarre of the situation like slow walking like a hundred people walking around all day and not saying a blessed word to each other all this funny stuff that's going on outside only is any good if the purpose behind it is going to say that just means I've got to be with myself I've got to just be conscious and aware of myself and if one doesn't get that you're going to spend the whole weekend thinking, why can't we talk? Why do we have to get up early in the morning? Why, 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 why? And say, so the external social situation is merely, as it has been for the last two or three thousand years, a simple means. That we can be in the presence of a hundred other people or more, undistracted with regard to being with ourselves. And I should add as a factor to that (laughs) when you and I are very, very close to ourselves we are extraordinarily close to each other. So meditation is, is observation, is the practice and development of mind to sustain that in order to contribute to a more integrated, holistic way of living and all the beauty and the significance of that. And the scene here is for some people, because of the necessity to have a break from one's own situation, work with tensions or blocks or difficulties or confusions, For others of you, you are here because it serves as a a renewal for you, a reminder for you, um, and something of a a recharge. And for some, it's an exploration. No real hassle in one's daily life, not coming because of any particular problems or difficulties or feelings of alienation, but part of the process of inquiry. What's going on at this centre in Barry? Mm-hmm. And after Sunday evening, you probably won't be any the wiser, but nevertheless, you'll have a little idea or whatever. So let me, if I may, speak a uh, little bit about the form, the practice, the, the structure, the timetable, the method, the, the technique and, and the style. The day itself is divided up on a very simple basis of silence, as was mentioned, and alternate sitting and walking. And these are obviously two uh, uh, activities which we engage in in our everyday life. And to some extent, just sitting and learning to sit uh, Fairly still, whether you use a chair or the cushion or the, or the stool, that doesn't, make, it doesn't matter at all. It really doesn't matter whether ones on sitting on the, those, the cushions, the zafus as they're called, or stool or chair. That's completely irrelevant. But rather, the sitting practice helps to give a reminder to have a fairly straight and upright steady posture, And with the use of the uh, sitting, we also direct our attention to uh, the breath, fairly um, standard meditation in the traditions and schools of meditation, and what we uh, emphasize and encourage is for each one of us to be in touch with the whole breath experience. To really learn to work with our breath to get in touch with the breathing and obviously the breath has far more importance to us than what we appreciate and this is not too difficult to find out but one could just stick one's head in a bowl of water for a while and you soon know how much you value the air in other words, some things take on an exaggerated va- value for us, like thinking, 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 and thinking, 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 and then thinking about thinking, 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 etc., etc. And that value becomes a little bit uh, perverse in our in our mind. And some of the more primary elements of life, more basic, fundamental life-supporting elements, we forget. We take it for granted we take the air for granted. We take breathing in and that life-sustaining factor, we just take it for granted as though it's always going to be around, that you and I are always going to be on the scene. And so part of the meditation practice, apart from helping us to focus and train our mind to to be uh, in touch and observant, is also telling us don't take anything for granted. Experience the air coming into you, feel that, connect with it. Connect with it exhaling and re-experience it coming in and re experiencing it going out and, and, and feel that, have a value for it, appreciate it, acknowledge it. And if we can do that, if we can practice that and apply that, maybe some of the thinking that we have and the chatter of our mind and the the relentless assault on our consciousness by our thinking may not seem such a big deal after all. So that we get a little bit of perspective on all that mind chatter and sometimes mind games that go on because we have another perspective. And the breath can help to make that perspective. The air supports your life, it supports our life. So in other words, in working and, and using the, the, the breath as a practice, as a focus, as a development uh, for the mind, It's in order that we can clear our mind to some degree of some of the unnecessary stuff, which intuitively we know isn't necessary. So well, during the time, during the uh, period that we're together, you. Um, We get a regular number of reminders about being in touch with the breathing and working with the breathing so that the practice as such isn't mechanical It's just more, it's just feeling that air coming and going In that contact with the breathing too if it's useful and fruitful, one can make the breath um, longer and uh, deeper and hold the air element for a period of time. All ways of helping to make that contact more firm and obvious to oneself. So one might exaggerate the breathing uh, to some degree to help facilitate that communication with the air. And when one begins to settle in a little bit more, if one begins to settle in a little bit more, there's no guarantees for any of us, then one allows the breath just to come and to go. Just as so much in our life comes and goes, and an important freedom in life is to be aware that things come and go in life, and the breath is another reminder to us. So when we come in, in the meditation hall in here to sit, we give a care and attention to the posture, reasonably straight and uh, upright, eyes closed, and direct our attention to the breathing, the air coming in through the nose, going into the lungs, expanding the front of the body, chest expanding, the air being released, and some contraction in the front area of the body, and just experiencing that. So there is a particular emphasis within the context of the meditation practice on the here and now situation, really making the here and now a, a validity in one's life, a, a reality of one's life, Again, so that one doesn't get a distorted picture of life through clinging to the past or um, infatuation with the future. And it's not in any way that we're trying to cut off the past or the future or to deny it in any way, but simply to recognize something obvious but easily forgotten, life is right where you are, right where I am. Right where we are. It's not in tomorrow, nor is it in yesterday. Life, experientially speaking, is right where we are. The walking practice, walking meditation. If sitting looks peculiar, to those people who have never engaged in sitting meditation, walking looks twice as peculiar. (laughs) Walking meditation is... It's slow, that makes it look peculiar. It's um, mindful, that also makes it peculiar. Um, and it's one in which as much of the body, in fact, as possible, keeps as still as possible. So, if one takes um, an ideal walking meditation for consideration, it means that our head, neck, shoulders, arms, hands, the whole trunk of the body keeps very, very still, the eyes themselves are used simply for the purpose of seeing where one is, is going and the legs take a very, very uh, short step and the whole attention is on that mindful, slow, short step in which our feet make contact with the ground. And the ho- anywhere can be used, except here in the meditation room, simply because um, some people like to spend more time here in the meditation room in uh, sitting posture. And people find and appreciate the uh, opportunity to do sitting meditation. Uh, sorry, uh, walking meditation out of doors, and so, so sometimes people like to walk barefoot on the grass or on the, on the ground, concrete and the primary focus of attention is directed to that contact of the feet with the ground as human beings we walk upon the face of the earth and the whole sense of life and one of the things which uh, I think is rather important for us to be aware of that our sense of life can so easily become uh, restricted (coughs) to our (coughs) um, social situation, to the immediacy of the events in our life. And the loss of the spiritual nature inside of oneself, the the contact with it, is such when we get so lost lost in the social situation, we forget our humanity. We forget we are a human being walking on this earth. And that's got nothing to do where you and I live or who we've mixed with or what nationality we are or what we believe in or what we don't believe in or whatever. That's all secondary. And our world is in a potentially state of crisis because we're losing touch with the earth. So the walking practice is part of it, amongst many things, training for the mind to be focused, steady, to be here right now, to develop calmness of being and to remember that we are human beings having the privilege of being on this earth and walking on it. That appreciation isn't going to come to you and me by thinking by the odd idea which comes it's going to come to us by feeling and sometimes that feeling for us is well and strong and alive whatever when we're if we go backpacking, if we go to the mountains we go to the forest or whatever but we want to find it when we're walking in the middle of of Cambridge on Saturday morning We want to find it when we're walking from our living room through to our kitchen. We want to find it when we're going up the stairs of of the office block that we work in. And that, by step, by step, by step, by step. So please, it's difficult, it's peculiar, it looks odd to anybody who is not in this scene at all, who's going by in the car, must think, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> and that is a perfectly understandable reaction to people walking slowly up and down and just walking slowly up and down. <laughs> and then walking up and slowly up and down again Then half an hour, 45 minutes, coming back later to walk slowly up and down and probably in the same place. But inwardly is the important thing. So please, if possible, try to give uh, equal care and attention to walking, to sitting. They both work well with each other. They both complement e- each other. And they both are realities of our life. And just finally, just, just briefly, there are a few other small points I wanted to uh, mention to you. Um, we meet with people, because there are rather a uh, number of you. We'll make it this weekend a uh, small group uh, situation. Sometimes things need to be clarified in that, about the practice, or sometimes questions arise, or we have questions. And at that time, uh, we use that uh, opportunity for the meeting with you. Also there's uh, the talks, um, um, evening and morning, and in the talks we touch upon some um, mm-hmm. aspects of life or of practice, of med- meditation, hopefully which is useful for you. And in that I think it's important to understand that um, we're not in the, uh, the religion of conversion, uh, in, in any way, we, I think all of us have uh, experienced a, what that means in terms of pressure and trying to persuade people to believe this, that and the other and it doesn't seem to have um, any relevance in a situation like this. We are all adults and uh, in adults who can look for ourselves to see what's useful and appropriate. So therefore, if anything is communicated to you uh, over the time here, which is useful and appropriate, well, Harry on, good, lovely. And if it isn't um, of any real um, relevance in any way, either because you know it already, which is um, nearly everything which is said, is you know already anyway. Uh, or, uh, if it doesn't have any relevance, then to let it go. Dismiss it always be free to question anybody, anything, at any time. And if that's there, then we have a good working connection and, uh, and agreement with each other. So when I come in here and John and uh, Christina are in here, we're doing our practice, sitting there working with the practice, working with the meditation, doing our practice in just the same way as anybody else the only difference in a situation like this is as you can see in this last 45 minutes we do a bit more talking that's about the sum total of difference enough said (laughs) please be silent over the weekend please uh, don't engage in um, whatever. Telephone calls, reading books, writing plays, and, uh, and all of that external, d- d- make, making drawings, etc, etc, etc. Occasionally a person li- might like to take a note, they hear something which is useful, or something comes to mind which in oneself, which one feels one needs to put down on paper. If, okay, fine. But keep all of that super brief, so that the maximum amount of energy and focus and attention is given to being a conscious human being. Conscious of breathing in, breathing out initially, conscious of the step-by-step activity. If we just do that, and let's, in doing that, let's just see where it leads. May all beings live in peace, may all beings live in harmony, may all beings live in peace and harmony.